radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. April 18th, 2020, Days Don't Matter, uh, it is the Laced Up Quarantine Podcast. Uh, I'm James Cole. I'm Bruce Battaglia from the North Side. What's the furthest you've gotten into a day before you figured out what day it was? Okay, so on Wednesday, my parents were ordering takeout food. And the restaurant was only doing takeout on Thursdays. And this is 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And they're like, so we're going to have this. And I'm like, okay, but you know that's for Thursday, right? Not tomorrow. No, tomorrow is Thursday. So I went all day Wednesday, uh, assuming it was Tuesday, and didn't find out until about 9 o'clock at night. I think... See, this is the worst part about this... I think that was the day that I did that too. I I can't remember if it was yesterday that I went all day thinking it was Wednesday or if it was Wednesday all day I thought it was I don't know. It's getting it's bad. Good. What is it now? Friday? It's for well I guess this is out on Saturday. Yeah. But it's currently it is Friday. Friday right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. Has uh I I, I remember March taking about eight years to complete but does, does april not seem like it's kind of flying by when i say april 18th like that's we're past the halfway point of the month i, th- I thought april just started uh we're doing we're doing good i think um yeah it could be that's worse fair. yeah so we're back it's uh gets a, a hockey filled themed episode i should say um if you've been paying attention uh, the last few episodes, we've been doing more of a bonus thing with uh, some some specialty episodes. Um, we got a few more of those planned as well. So if you like them, then that's great. Uh, there's more coming. If you didn't like them, then don't listen to them. Skip skip those ones. I don't know what to tell you. That that's the right way to do yeah. things. And if you've if, if you've got a better idea, to something yeah, you if you've got to. a better idea, just just send it to us, and we might not do it, but at least you can say that you're being heard. Um, sure. But yeah, no, uh, it's been been a few weeks now. We haven't talked about really any of the the hard-hitting, pressing issues that is uh, the NHL uh, these days. And uh, there's been all of four stories that have come out in the past month, so we've got enough now to talk about hockey for an episode. I, I hope everyone is doing well in their, their isolation routines. Uh I, I assume we're not the only ones that are forgetting days of the week, but um, yeah, hopefully it's no worse than, than that. Off the hop, uh, I guess we should get out of the way here. Um, some some sad news. Um, 
we uh, the NHL world lost uh, Colby Cave uh, this past week, a result of a, a brain bleed that he had suffered, uh, was placed into a coma uh, that night, and then a couple days later, uh, we found out that uh, that he had passed. 25 years young, very shocking. I think I think for most most of the hockey world, you, you don't expect you know guys in the prime of their life to uh, to find themselves in those type of situations. Very scary, very um, very shocking. Like I said, um, I know it uh, hit a little differently for myself, and um, um, you know I'm hoping hoping all the best for his family. And, and what I can only imagine is an in you know unbearable circumstance given the uh, surrounding factors of the uh, pandemic yeah it's it's never easy to lose someone I think you know the first thing that I kind of thought about and, and the reason that I you know I, I feel for the family so much is just because you know like you said what's going on right now it certainly doesn't make anything easy and, and not that this is something that it should ever be easy but the thing for me is that, you know, I, I had a friend who had a family member last year uh, have an aneurysm, and and I just, I know how sudden these things can be, and to me that's always the difficult thing, is when you lose someone suddenly, right? It, it's, it's, it's one thing when you come to terms with them being sick, but I think, you know, th the suddenness is something that's, so difficult when it happens and it's terrible it's it's a tragedy as far as i'm concerned you know this is a guy who fought really really hard to carve his way into the nhl and um you know worked real hard away from hockey to build himself a family and it's 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 gone just like that and it's um you know it, it's hard to understand really it's you know it's it's one of those things that happened over a week ago and I'm kind of lost for words about it yeah. still because it's just you know what do you what do you say it's it's horrible yeah really devastating um uh, a strong outpouring of support uh, was was found there yeah. on on social media with uh, all the cars lined up in Saskatchewan and you know while you you can never really make too much light out of out of any situation it was it was really nice to see that uh come together and and uh you know the response to kind of attempt to show some some level of support was i thought really yeah. really effective really moving um well if, if the people of saskatchewan have taught us anything over the last few years it's that they're they're quite supportive you know uh, especially of their own and um you know we saw it during the humboldt tragedy and now we see it with this and they're they're quick to rally and quick to to be there for people in a in a tough time yeah well, in any case um you know like i said all all the best to to colby and his family and you know there's fans around the world and and, and whatnot it's it's absolutely uh heartbreaking and uh yeah so we just wanted to get that get that out there get that off the top and and uh you know, it's, I think it's always easier to take uh, take the heavy stuff up front and and get it out there and speak and make it, you know, the priority, and then you can have fun the rest of the episode. And and that's uh, I think that's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna try to have some fun the rest of the way here and and uh, keep it light.
So, um, keeping it light, the Winnipeg Jets are losing a few pounds um, as they have uh, parted ways with defenseman Dustin Bufflin. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that next, big, I guess. Big buff. Um, well, I mean, I've mentioned it on the podcast. He's my favorite player in the NHL, and I guess, you know, he's technically not in the NHL anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's there's that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, I think, for the way everything went down for Jets fans. You know, he's obviously a fan favorite. You know, he, he there isn't a player like him in the NHL and I'm I'm have long been of the mind that there never has been and probably never will be another Dustin Bufflin you know he's one of a kind so you know it's it's tough to kind of see I, I like unique players you know I think it's really cool you know I don't I don't know that there was another player like St. Louis and that's why I liked him and Bufflin that's why I like him and you know I don't know if there's another Mark Stone like the, you know it's hard to compare them to anyone else active or of the past. You know, I, I think that's just what makes Dustin Bufflin such a, you know, universally likable player. I, I don't really know a lot of people that disliked him other than uh, probably St. Louis Blues fans. <laughs> <laughs> at, at no point was he doing anything to help the St. Louis Blues. No, that's for, for sure. sure. <laughs> um... Yeah, it was definitely one of those stories that kind of encompassed the entire season for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, the story breaks first in the you know tail end of the summer, right before training camp, and uh, uh, Bufflin's given the leave of absence, and then he he's subsequently uh, you know uh, fined for not showing up to uh, training camp. That leads to uh, Grievance being filed on Bufflin's end. Uh, surgery follows. There's some uh, debate around where the injury stemmed from, why he was having surgery done for the injury, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it became clear that around Christmas time, uh, both the team and the player were, were butting heads in a manner that was likely going to spell the, the end of his time in Winnipeg. And the the whole thing just continued to drag on and, and on and, and really no resolution was being made. Uh, there was some talk around the deadline that, you know, maybe they can get rid of him either via trade or have him uh, terminate his contract for him some space for the, for Cheryl day off to play with that never happened. And uh, yeah. And now, well, and it, it's tough to make that deal happen when you know, if the, if the jets don't trade him, then he's going to become a free agent. Like, one way or another, they're going to buy him out, terminate his contract, whatever it ends up going to, right? So if you're another team, and you know that, and you know he's not playing again this year, why would you trade for him? Right? Like, that's the problem. Like, the Jets, they probably couldn't give him away, because short of getting signing rights of him, that's all you can really do. But, I mean, like, if you, if you trade for him, you're getting him basically at the cap hit he's at, unless the Jets retain, but why would they do that? You know, so you're either getting him like that, or you're buying him out yourself, eating the cap hit, at which point, what the hell's the point of doing that either? You know, it was always going to end this way, and um, it was just a matter of time, but I mean, how many episodes did you and I come on here this year and say, 
you know, update on Dustin Bufflin, and which never really was an update. You know, there was never really uh, evidence of of for sure what was going on, but we all knew this was a matter yeah. of time. The uh, good news, I guess, if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, is that you're not. You know, the the team isn't really losing anything that they didn't already have this this year. Uh, you know, it's not like Dustin Bufflin is you know, having a, a great season and, and he's walking away from the team and at the end of the year you don't get anything for him. He, he wasn't there to begin with. They were competitive despite uh, the loss, uh, the gaping holes on defense. The, we've, we've covered those in the past. Um, so I, I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is, you know, the Winnipeg Jets seem like they're they're on the right path. They, they kind of have a handle on it if, if they can maybe hit home this this summer with some free agents and and fill some hole, fill some holes but uh I, th- I think the big question now turns to uh what happens to Dustin Bufflin um i mean he's he's 35 years old he hasn't played competitive hockey now for it's going to be you know close to a year and a half by the time he gets back on the ice uh with a new club come september well and, and the thing you have to consider even on top of that is is the season he had last year Right, because he played in the playoffs, but there, there's no question to me that he was nowhere close to healthy since probably December of 2018. You know, like, he, he, he barely played the second half of the year last year. When he did, he didn't look like himself. And the only reason he really forced him way into the, forced his way into the lineup was because the Jets also didn't look like themselves without him. So it was kind of one of those things, I think, I don't want to say that they forced him to play. You know, I I doubt that. But it is one of those things where I think he played prematurely. And um, so basically, to add to your point, I don't think he's been healthy for close to two years. And that's the scary thing for me if I'm a team looking at signing him. I mean, you you do it. You're going to do it. (laughs) Like, he's fucking... Like I just said, like he's incredible when he's on, and he's worth the risk. But you know, what are you getting? I, yeah. I understand that, and my answer to you is I don't know because the issue with Dustin Bufflin has always been since he's since he's like twenty seven years old, is how is this guy going to age? And somehow the answer is like he aged really fucking good. Consider, oh yeah, like he's he's only had one. Even last year, like it's hard to say he was bad. Like he was still good and he wasn't even fucking 100% like it's just yeah it's 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 you take the risk but what are you getting and there's a chance you're still getting a competitive player but but we don't know yeah it's it's tough to uh, assess a guy like him um not not only that like we talk about when the you know next season well we don't even know when next season is going to be at this point either like yeah this That's this could be a, a big gap of time between like you're right uh, healthy Dustin Bufflin and 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 playing uh, again in the NHL but um, I don't know I I think if I was a betting man I I say I think he's done I I don't know if we see him in the NHL again oh I I would be incredibly shocked if he plays another NHL game like I'm of the mind he is for sure done playing yeah. hockey I just don't I I don't see what the advantage is for him to to keep it going. Um, well, and, and it goes back to the whole start of this thing, man, is that, you know, the conversation of 
how did this all start? Was it stemming from a disagreement over an injury? And I think it was more just he got to a point, although it was later rather than sooner, that he just thought to himself one day, you know, I I don't see why I'm doing this mm-hmm. anymore. And that's the big thing for me. It's, it's, this was never an issue with the Winnipeg Jets. Things got ugly because of the way that he sort of treated things, right? But they were never ugly in the first place. Like, coming into last year, everything was fine. He he loved playing there by all accounts. He spoke to Ken Weeb about how everything went down with, with Shevel Dayoff and basically said that, you know, Kevin Shevel Dayoff said, hey, you know, we can, we can trade you if you want. And he's like, no, it's nothing to do with the Jets. It's do I want to continue to be an NHL player and am I capable of it? And that was the difference. So... I don't see how that's changed over, you know what I mean, the last seven, eight months. I think he's still, I think he still wants to retire, basically. Yeah. I It's it's tough. I, I hope it doesn't sour the the legacy that he, he no doubt had in Winnipeg. I, I hope, you know, he just hasn't lost any of the fan base as a result of any of this. Because I think at the end of the day, he was I, a big part of that franchise being as successful as it has been uh, coming out of Atlanta where there was nothing but failure uh, in, in the years uh, in Georgia. I'll say this about him is, or about the Jets specifically, is that if there's any fan base that's going to be understanding, I think it's probably the Jets. Like they, They've got really, um, I think, realistic fans there and just kind of passionate about the jersey, but they also know, you know, he's a human being. That's fair, yeah. You know, and, and that's that's the difference. Is anytime I've ever been to the games there and they talk about the players, they kind of talk about them a different way than, you know, when you're in Toronto or when you're in other cities and they're talking about their players. They talk about them like, you know, human beings more than just like robots in, a, in their fucking favorite jersey, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, well, that's... It's it's an unfortunate end to you know what's been a, a really great career. Um, if it is the end, I I, I guess uh, uh, I hope uh, all is well in in the fishing life retirement uh, of Dustin Bufflin. But we'll have to uh, see what happens, I guess. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that that was the most exciting thing that happened to me this week. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I I haven't really been been doing much. I guess this this whole time without hockey, I've been I've been playing some video games though. Um, what you been playing? Um, baseball for sure. Um, some nice. hockey. Me some too. Chell for sure. I bought uh, NBA Two K Twenty because uh, for those for those of you out there who maybe would be interested in the game, it's twenty six dollars on the PS Store right now, down from seventy nine. So I bought that, but I haven't played it yet. This week's sponsor the podcast. <laughs> yeah, me and that PS store are getting really uh, acquainted. Cozy, eh? Yeah. yeah I, uh, I've i bought more games in the past three weeks than probably, like, the last two years combined. So Nice. There you go. i got a full catalog of games right now. I'm going back and playing some old games that I never actually got around to finishing as well. So Nice. Yeah. Uh, took it uh, took it back to the old west with uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Ooh, yeah. Wild, long wild story west. mode. Long story mode. Yeah. I'll How long? That. 
like how how long does it take you to get through that game? Like I don't know how. I remember with GTA it would take me like, I would I, like I don't know like maybe a month, but I wouldn't play it every day. Like, how many how many like how many? Uh, <laughs> what am I saying? How many uh, how, how many hours tasks tasks would you say you got to do on there? Oh, tasks to get that's... through like how many missions missions? That's the word I'm looking for. Oh. My brain I, is uh, broken because of uh, quarantine. I'll I'll put it this way: I, I think the the fran- like the uh, story mode comes in around forty five fifty hours. Okay, so, that's a good size game. Yeah, that's, and then that's like, just the main. That's stuff. what I like would say is like one and a half times like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah, you know, I would say that was. Did you have that one? Uh, did I ever? I don't know if I ever owned it. I've definitely I've played a played the the shit out of it for sure. But. I I love Vice City. Don't get me wrong, like for the nostalgia, but man, fucking San Andreas was unreal. Yeah, I think actually the first I think the first time I played that was uh, you you brought it to the tournament, a hockey tournament when we were young. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, I remember it's that a now. bitchin' game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was a big I was a big fan of the uh, the bicycle feature. I'd, I'd never seen that in a video yeah. game before. Oh yeah, there there were a <laughs> there are a lot of things that that game did that now seem ridiculous. You know, Cause, because time, now though. that's what I mean. Because now they do them, and that's just a regular. You know, it's just a Grand Theft Auto game. Now you can now you can fire up Grand Theft Auto, and I'm sure there's a way to like fire up a PS4 on Grand Theft Auto and play Grand Theft Auto on Grand Theft Auto. Like there's you know what I mean? There's probably a way for your character to play the video game itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just insane. Like a meter I'm... comes up 6 hours into you playing the game and it's just like, "Hey, your guy needs to go for a piss now." Oh, it's funny it's funny you say that. I I I I've a uh, big fan of the Uncharted series. Um and I remember in the newest Uncharted, uh, there's a point early on in the game when you walk into your into your home, and your wife's on the couch watching TV or something, and your idiotic character decides like, oh, let's well, let's let's fire up the PlayStation and play a little, <laughs> and you're watching it unfold. You're like, this is this this can't be real, and then the game like the character in the game starts playing Crash Bandicoot. Okay. And then it switches to, like, you being able to play Crash Bandicoot, like, the actual fucking game. Oh, that's within awesome. A game within a game. The game. Yeah. It was insane. Like, I mean, there's no, like, there's no, like, it's almost like the equivalent if you're playing NHL 20 and you were doing, like, your, um, like, the career mode, the be a pro mode. And, like, if you're, if you were allowed to, like, control your guy off hours, like, on off days, like, after practice, like, he's at the Billet's house. <laughs> and just fires up Chell like ninety four or something like With that. And you're boys, playing like yeah. NHL ninety four, like on NHL twenty as like your be a pro mode. We're probably two or three years out from that being a possibility, <laughs> not gonna lie. James, I don't even know if there's a way to request a trade on Be a Pro, man. They they got a lot of things they gotta iron out still. Yeah, the PS five is coming, so True. You know what? Um, the one thing that I'm hoping they bring back, like, it's not. It, there's no way it's, like, very high on other people's list. I know you would feel this way, though. Fuck, man. I want custom music back. I want to be able to just, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Put, like, 
certain goal songs, win songs. Man, the fact you can do that on the show, I didn't know that. Like, not put your own music in, though, but you can, like, select your win song based on, the like, the soundtrack that they have for you. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's me. Great feature. So, yeah, just despite our our love of our video games that we've been playing, uh, it's it's all because of the, the lack of sports uh, in, in real life that, that have been out there. Um, so we thought we'd take a minute and just quickly talk about... Um, what is next what 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 is uh in store for the nhl um amongst the big the big sports leagues i mean yeah we're we're all in the same boat at this point i guess the nfl is a little bit unique in the sense that you know they had just finished their season this yeah. is technically their off season but uh yeah they I'm, don't I'm assuming... really need to make any decisions anytime soon the nfl like they're fortunate in that sense that you know, they can wait another month and see how everything's looking, and, like, you know, the schedule is made and the venues are secured. It's just a matter of, you know, seeing if what the season may or may not look like. But they're, So they're exactly. lucky in that sense, but, um, you know, the NHL, sure, next season in theory, as of right now, you know, they should be able to play games, but when does it start what types of buildings are they in because like we don't even know what's going on with this season right right yeah it's it's gonna be a lot of guesswork um i mean i i think the nhl has it a little easier than um something like the mlb where um they are literally at what should be the start of their season they they're trying hard to get back yeah. into some sort of game preparation. Um, but the MLB, I've always found, more so than the other sports leagues, um, is a league so dependent on its on its minor system. Um, it, you know, it's, it's fine to say that we're going to have the, the 30 teams come back and we're all play in one city, we're all going to stay in different hotels, it's, you know, and all this, take all those steps. But, you know, as, as soon as your second baseman blows his knee out, well, you got to yeah. find someone to replace that second baseman and... I know, like the AAA leagues, certainly aren't, you know, financially stable enough to to put a plan in place similar to what the MLB can do. So, I'm really curious to see what happens in in the other leagues. But um... well, and I mean, the the difficult thing about that, right? Like to your point, is say they say they just the MLB does it where, you know, you have your 40 man roster, and you know, it's similar to, like, in the NHL, like, having guys under contract but playing in the AHL kind of thing. Like, you know, it's, that's how the MLB works. It's their 40-man roster. They've got a guy who's signed to the Minnesota Twins, but he's playing in AAA, but he's still, a you know, an MLB-contracted player. So what they could do is, is have their 40-man roster, you just carry 40 guys. The problem is that it sets a dangerous precedent because next season you're trying to tell me that they're going to cut back to 26 man rosters. Like it, it, yeah. it, it just, it, once you do something, it's hard to undo it specifically in sports when it comes to, you know what I mean? Rules and things like that. It's hard to go back on something, even when you make the declaration that it's, it's, you know, temporary. Like it, it's not an easy thing to do. Because it's really easy to make that counter-argument that it's like, well, what's wrong with having 40-man rosters all the time? And it's just, you know, like the, the it just gets into such a, 
a difficult conversation. But that's that's such a small thing in comparison to what you're saying too, where it's just like, you know, what do these other 100, 200 guys that are in the system at different levels, like, what do they do now? And when your mm-hmm. second baseman blows his knee out, like, like where's the replacement coming from? Exactly, yeah. Uh, there, there's so many layers to it. I, I don't think any any one fan is going to be able to sit back and say that, you know, this is what has to happen. This is the best way to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, <laughs> how much pressure the decision makers are under. Like, it's, it's an incredibly unique and, and challenging uh, situation and uh, my, my hat's off to them if, if we get any sports back you know this this year um, in any regard it'll it'll be a major uh, accomplishment as far as I'm concerned so um, but yeah I, I, I guess let's just focus on the NHL for for the next few minutes here and and try to figure out you know our, our best guesses as to what could happen what should happen Um what we think will happen, and so on and so forth. Um, I guess I'll, I'll come right out and I'll get the big question off my mind right off the hop here. Do you think there's hockey for the 2019-2020 version of the season uh, to be played yet? Uh, do you mean a playoff or the remainder of the regular season? In, in any fashion, or... do, 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 like at all. Um, like, um... Is, is a situation where the season should just be over or... There's, Do you legitimately think there's a shot at getting hockey I, in for? Uh, look, like I, I don't, I obviously don't know the answer. One thing I will say, um, I there's no way in hell that they're playing anything other than playoff hockey at this point. There's no way that there's a play-in tournament for like, you know what I mean? That that week of games to get your legs back onto you. There's no way that they can conceivably do that. The issue that comes from that, though, is I think they also need to do that in order to play games. Like, they can't just shoot back into, you know, like, hypothetically, June 1st. They say, you know what, we're going to start the playoffs on June 15th. Here are the playoffs. Here's who you're playing. The, The athlete's body does not work in a way that you can just put these fucking guys... Uh, you know, in practice for two weeks and then, and then, you know what I mean? Shoot right back into games in June and expect like serious injuries and things like that. You know what I mean? Not to happen like that. It's just naive because you'd like to think these guys are, are training every day and, and you know what I mean? That they're going to be ready to go. And they are, they're not on the ice. Like almost none of them have any access to ice of any kind right now. So, oh, yeah. like, like, are you are you telling me that these guys are going to be ready to fucking go two weeks after or a month after or like it, it's it takes time, man. These guys skate for the most of them skate all summer, and then they come into October. Well, you got to keep in mind they haven't had an off period from playing hockey other than maybe a week or two here and there for like. 20 years some of them (laughs) like you know what i mean like these guys have been carrying a steady momentum of being an elite hockey athlete for like two decades and then you know what i mean you give them four months off or whatever the fuck it ends up being and you're telling me that they can just shoot back in and do it that's in that's insane they can't do that so first off i don't think it would be safe for them to shoot into a playoff very quick 
And therefore, if they're going to do it, it's got to be an extremely abbreviated version of it if they're going to do it. Um, you know, it goes without saying, like, it, it's, it's got to be a neutral site. We all know that now. Like, that's, you know, it's going to be in South Dakota or whatever. And you know what I mean? Like, ha- one conference there and the other conference in, uh, you know, um, <laughs> like Sunrise, Florida or somewhere where they don't have an NHL team already. And so, like, that, that that's how they'll have to work that end of it. But how like it's just the logistics to me are so hard it's like so you say june 1st to start when like mid july is maybe like a reasonable amount of time where this could be safe enough for them to do it like it's just there's so many logistical things to it that are going to be next to impossible i i am very i would like to say pessimistic but i think it's realistic in this in this instance I don't see how it happens. I think this season is shot, unfortunately, for the NHL. For the NBA and other leagues like that, I think there's a way to do it um, that makes more sense. But for the NHL, I think it's going to be next to impossible. Yeah, it's it's I'm not holding my breath. I'll say that. Um, no, look, I, I'm I'm a little bit optimistic just out of, uh, as a hockey fan. Like I just I just want to say sure. that this didn't beat hockey, you know, in, in a way. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I look and I, I, I hate, I don't want to get political on the podcast. I hate getting political, especially without our, uh, our po- political advisor, Cody Frazier, uh, with us. But, um, mm. well, good news, James on the line right now, Cody, Fra- <laughs> <laughs> uh, counselor. Um, I look at what's happening down South and how they're handling the whole thing. And, and, and with the majority of the franchises being, um, down there with with the exodus of players that would have to take part if, to get everybody back to where they have to be to you know, I I hope that this is done with like I, I I don't I don't I don't see how it's worth the risk at this point. It's just you know what I mean to to say that we're gonna jeopardize all this work that we're we're putting into trying to to beat this disease Completely. and you know like it's. It's going to be tough. I get it. I, I my my heart bleeds for uh, anyone that that is losing money as a result of this. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, not so much the billion and millionaires, but you know the the people at the lower levels, the people, the fans that have bought tickets that are but, getting their money back. But, and... but even for them, it's not like I'm you know it's not like I'm saying like I'm going like Dan Ellis here and saying oh the billionaires have it so hard or anything like that. But like even for them, like their their livelihood affects our livelihood. Right, and so if there are like if there are teams that are not in as great of a financial state, like that affects the end product for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like for everyone, this sucks. Like this sucks. This isn't good for anybody. Yeah, you look. There's certain teams around the league where if they don't, you know, quote unquote, break even or you know, come close, sure, well, they could. The, the they Leafs could will potentially be, be losing. You know? Yeah, exactly. The Coyotes and Panthers. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about it, but. Um, I don't know. I, I really hope that they just kind of end the whole thing, call it, yeah. you know, time of death. Let's, let's get this over with. Let's start planning for next year. Let's put the focus there. Let's put our resources there. Um, we can, you know, get the ball rolling in terms, there, there's things we can do now for next year, Yes, but yeah, and, that, and we're that's holding what on you... to this. Yeah. That's what you asked me is, do I think it's going to happen? You, you didn't ask me 
do I want it to happen? My answer as a as a diehard hockey fan for 20 years, I've you know watched 200 plus games a season. I have zero fucking interest in them doing it. Like I I don't want them to do it. And the simple reason is because of what you just said is the ethical part of it. Do I think they should do it? You know what I mean? For all the non-hockey related reasons, for the social and, and you know what I mean? Like for all those reasons, no. Like why should they do it? Sports sports are already ridiculous. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like we're already putting people's lives at risk and things like that. <laughs> should we be doing that now? No. Like that's fucking insane. Like we should not be playing these playoffs. If they do it, I'll watch it. But <laughs> like the, they the shouldn't only, the do it at that, all. Yeah. I think I think the only reason I I, I, I could get on board uh, with them bringing uh, the sports leagues back would be some sort of incentive to you know what I mean like hey stay the fuck home so you can watch sports you know and and, and try to keep some well, of these idiots that that just have to leave completely. their houses for for any any reason the, the beaches in Florida open back up for this weekend it's like uh, are you kidding and, me like and, and James like the thing you need to understand about that that's why they haven't canceled the fucking season yet. Like, like yeah, you know what I mean? That's true. why Gary Bettman's always like, well, we're considering all options and we're taking it week by week. And it's like, no, no, you're not. You you know, you're not playing like, you, like, obviously he's trying to find a way to do it. But when Gary Bettman, like, you know what I mean? Goes to bed every night. He knows that there's not like, they're not going to be playing, you know, he's going to do everything he can to make it happen, but it's not going to happen. Like, it's just, it's, it's not. It's not, and the best case scenario, because, you know, we want to be optimistic here, is, you know, what does it look like if they do it? And I'm, I'm of the mind, and I'm way more aggressive on this than I think most hockey fans. I don't care if they tell playoff teams that they're not playing in these playoffs. I honestly don't care, because regardless, the amount of asterisks and, like, um, you know what I mean? Arguments against the legitimacy for these playoffs, if they do happen, are are fucking endless. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like if they just tell, if the only way they can do it is because they is if they have eight teams instead of sixteen, I'm all for that. Like I don't care. Uh, you know, like you're gonna have your nine seed team being like, well, you know, like who's to say that we shouldn't be in there? And it's like the virus. The virus says you sh- you're not playing the playoffs this year. Like we're we're doing this for gate revenue, or not for sorry, not for gate revenue. We're doing this for like TV revenue, and we're doing this for you know what I mean for other reasons other than like a legitimate Stanley Cup playoffs. And it, you know, if they wanted to do a legitimate Stanley Cup playoffs, then they wouldn't have said that they're going to do an 82 game season next year. You know, they would have canceled part of next year to to save this year. They didn't do that. And yeah. nor, nor should they. Like, they're doing... It's exactly what they should be doing. Is if they gotta cancel the rest of this season, you know, do it. Like, I'm sitting here as a Leafs and a Jets fan. Neither team was particularly strong. So I think it may be... You know what I mean? I'm saying that, but for... You know what I mean? For a Bruins fan or something to hear me sitting here saying, like, we'll cancel the season. Well, maybe you're not happy to hear that. Or, you know, uh, Vancouver or teams that maybe, you know, made deadline acquisitions. Like, I get it's tough to hear, but the reality is that, you know, if they got to do best of three series for the first round and, and ramp up the games for the other rounds and, and ha- have only eight teams or ten teams, I'm fine with that. I don't care. Whatever they whatever they decide to do, uh, 
it's not going to be an option that's going to please everybody. And for that reason, then whatever, like whatever they decide they want to do. It's the, it's the very first time as a hockey fan where there's such a big conversation to be had that I couldn't give a shit what they decide to do. Like, I just don't give a fuck. Like, like whatever, if they decide to play, so be it. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's not my decision or anything like that, but if you want my opinion, they shouldn't play for many reasons. Speaking of the the TV rating, like this is how they're going to make their money at this point is uh, any any you know advertising they can get away with with their sure. TV deal. I don't wonder if they almost go the opposite route and and just add as many playoff teams as possible. Um, sure. And just do you know like say say because I I think I, you're right. At the end of the day, if if you're coming back. You got to have at least like a week of of guys just getting on the ice practicing, at least a week. Uh, I don't I don't think the union signs off on anything um, with without that. So that takes up a bit of time there. But if you can have say like a like almost like a March Madness style uh, for the lower seeds, and and have like a Friday Saturday, have you know ten games a day, and it's winner take all. Yeah. You you tell me fans aren't going to tune into that. You're essentially just putting twenty game sevens on on TV, and then and then go from there. And and maybe when you get closer to the final four or something like that, you start making a series out of it. Yeah, three games, five games, whatever. But I I think that might be the most effective way to to draw as many viewers in as you can. Is essentially just do a do a game seven. Here here it is, all the marbles. Let's let's go. Yeah, it sucks. It's not, you know, it's not historic. It's not, you know, to true to the sport, all all those things. But but no path at this point is going to be uh, any of those things. So so why not just make it as big, as bold, and you know, as as profitable essentially as, as you can to sure. try to try to save some of the some of the you know money that you're being lost for the season. Yeah, well, and I mean, like. Your your idea, like, th- there's one key thing that needs to be mentioned and, and assumed when you're discussing any potential contingency plan to save the season, is is it's assuming that it's safe for us to do any of these options, right? Like, right. that's the one thing we're assuming, because, like, the logistical problem with having a 24-team playoff or whatever, you know, is, is having is having a few extra hundred people in a location that you didn't need to have. That that's the yeah. problem for me, right? True. It's gathering just more people together. When you have eight teams and you have them play in two different cities or whatever and four teams and you put them in four different hotels and you know what I mean, like spacing between the games, the arenas are like getting cleaned, the the dressing rooms are getting cleaned. You know what I mean? Like but once you start adding teams, you need more medical staff, you need more you know what I mean? Like it, just the demand gets so much higher and that's one of the problems I have with the full but assuming it's safe to do so, sure. Like, like, you know what I mean? What's the difference? And, and the problem is that, ideally, from a hockey traditionalist standpoint, it wouldn't be Stanley Cup playoffs. You know what I mean? We call it something else. But the minute you do that, you're losing interest. Because, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, casual hockey fans want to see who wins the Stanley Cup. Right? You know, like, if baseball has a playoff and it's called anything other than the World Series, all of a sudden I'm losing fucking interest. These things right. are branded for a reason. So, like, yeah, it would be nice to just be the the 2020 Hockey Summer Challenge or whatever the fuck brought to you by Subway. Eat fresh. And, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's great. But you're losing interest. So, 
I don't know. If they do a March Madness style again, like, obviously I'll watch it. I'll watch it, whatever they do. Like, you know, if they do eight teams, four teams, uh, I'll watch it. I'm not saying they should do it, but I'll watch it. Yeah. You know, I'm not, like, no, I'm not going to go the other way and fucking boycott it if they do it, unless they do something super stupid. But, like, I've never really said this on the podcast. I actually have some faith in Gary Bettman in, in a lot of ways, and that is one of them. I don't think he would do anything where it's, like, completely unfucking safe um even though he's done those things before yeah <laughs> i i agree I, I i there's no perfect answer here there's there's no you know right answer there's there's nothing it's 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 uh we're in uncharted territory um i i i'm with i'm with you i i trust that the decision makers at the top will be smart enough to come up with a decision that doesn't jeopardize the safety of their players because yeah. i am i think i'm not as anti gary bettman as most people and and especially not with stuff like this because at the end of the day he is a he's a lawyer you know what i mean like he he can think he's got a fucking brain it just it might not be the best for like the on ice product of hockey but from a business standpoint like he's not an idiot at all right yeah you know? no it's it's tough obviously if anything changes we'll uh we will <laughs> We'll let you know. Be quick we'll keep you to <laughs> respond. Keep you um, updated. Yeah, not like we got much else going on around uh, uh, around town these days. Nothing to nothing to do. Nothing to see. But uh, something that you might want to see, something that you might want to check out, is uh, apparently uh, Wayne Gretzky and Alex Ovechkin taking uh, taking on one another for charity uh, on. Uh, you said X. I think it's Xbox. You said it is on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, they play a little chill tournament for uh, for charity. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, I guess, not this weekend, but next week at some point, the 22nd. I think my favorite thing about this is just, like, the combination of that. Um, not just is it, like, very obvious that I'm sure Wayne Gretzky has never played uh, any version of the fucking EA Sports NHL games, but it's also the fact that he's playing Alexander Ovechkin, who is, like a noted frequent gamer like he's fucking probably pretty good at chell yeah i i would say you're probably pretty accurate with that yeah like, it's it's like a it's a good it's probably gonna be a bloodbath like even if wayne gretzky starts playing you know these next two weeks and training for this he's still not gonna be anywhere nearly as good as ovechkin or coordinated with a fucking xbox controller you know it's hard to say i don't know <laughs> what don't... are you taking wayne gretzky in this matchup I'm not saying I'm taking one guy over the other. I oh, just uh, it's I gonna be know. a bloodbath. I, I don't. I don't wonder. It's he is the great one after all. <laughs> Listen, uh, like, like the the best thing for them would be like for Wayne Gretzky's sake is if there was a way to like patch together two versions of the game in which it's actually like 1980s like goaltending in net for Gretzky while he's playing and like he can fucking score all these goals and we can pretend that it's like. You know what I mean? Legitimate that uh, he's like being measured properly to Alex Ovechkin. You know, yeah. Like he's just fair. playing against like NHL twenty goalies, and Gretzky's playing against a fucking stick figure in the net with a couple pads on him, and <laughs> <laughs> scores nine seven Gretzky at the end of the game. But was it really nine seven Gretzky? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll get to just play with a line of like their own. You know what I mean? Like. Pick your teammates on your roster. Gretzky's out there, like video game Gretzky's out there with Curry and the boys, you know. And it's it's Ovi and Backstrom and 
other Washington Capitol greats. Uh, I uh, it's one of those things, man. Like I first heard about this, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And the more I've thought about it over the past few days, I'm kind of like, well, I'm probably gonna fucking watch that. Like that sounds pretty, pretty entertaining, actually. <laughs> like at this stage, you know, it's the closest thing I've I've had to fucking watching a a live hockey game in like a month. So. Uh, they, they, I gotta say this, they, they better, uh, have both those guys mic'd up for the entire thing. Oh, guaranteed they will. It, yeah. it, I'm sure it's gonna be, like, a side-by-side split-screen, um, you know what I mean? Now, like, one thing I've thought about is I don't know if they're playing the games, like, all three, best of three in a row, like, they're just gonna sit down and, like, hammer it out over, like, an hour and a half kind of thing, or if they're gonna, like, break it up, like, a couple hours break, cause, like, I don't, I don't know if Gretzky's got the stamina at this, at this point. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> Those thumbs ain't what they used to be. You know what they should do to try to make things even? Because like it's 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 pretty clear to me that like again, Gretzky's probably never played this game, and Ovechkin definitely like has played a bunch of it. Is what they should do is just fire up the old PS2 and play uh, Wayne Gretzky's Breakaway Challenge 04 or whatever that fucking game. You remember? You remember how Gretzky had it like for a couple years? Yeah. He had like remember when there was like five different NHL games you'd go out and buy. Like oh yeah, no, like in like great. the mid 2000s, it was like you have like five options, and it's just none of them are like particularly better than the other one. So EA Sports won the battle because they had the most money. Oh, they had the skill stick, my guy. Come on, that was the, yeah. That was the well, once changer. they brought in like, but but two two K quickly adapted to it. It's just their 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 visual product wasn't as good. No. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is uh, I'm taking Ovechkin in a clean sweep. I, it's hard to argue with that. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's some sort of wacky upset to force the game three just for the charity's sake. Do you, do you so, think Ovechkin's gonna do that thing that like parents will do when they're playing uh, when they're playing video games against the kid and they're clearly gonna whoop their ass so they throw they throw it just to make the kid better? Like, do you think Ovechkin maybe just throws game two? No, I, I don't think he throws... I I, I, honestly, I think something weird happens. Like, there's going to be some sort of guest... Like, Patrick Line is going to show up to tag in for Gretzky for, like, the third period of, of game two, and Patrick then just, just walk, you know, mop the floor with Ovechkin, and then just leave, and then game three happens. I, I think there's something, something there. Something there. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but... We're gonna get all three games. I'd I'd pay good money to hear Line A play Ovechkin and and them to chirp each other. Yeah, that'd be go. that'd be a good watch. Who says no, right? That's exactly it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so um, yeah, I guess that brings us to the next uh, order of business, which is uh, uh, Bill Peters uh, back in the world of hockey. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know uh, if I kind of assumed that i wouldn't uh, be hearing that guy's name for at least at least a season but uh well now we know james for sure that uh, the length of time it takes for someone to learn their lesson is uh five months just so you know should five we months. reprimand all prison sentences to five months then or <laughs> yeah it seems unnecessary at this point to really serve any more yeah. time for anything but, you know it's, it's been five you months i I know what I know what happened. I know what I did. It was wrong. Uh, yeah, Bill Peters going to the KHL. He's been hired by um, 
I don't speak Russian. Uh, Av- Avtomobils? Uh, yeah, Yekaterinburg would it's, be the, this the your team. Avtomoblist? Is it the... Yekaterinburg. I, I, now you're getting a little too specific for me, James. I know anytime I've heard this team referenced, they are Yekaterinburg, so I'm just sticking with that, because the other word is a little more Fair confusing enough. for some reason. Avtomobilist. Yeah, that, that one. That's what Av- I was trying to say. Avtomo- Avtomobilist. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Automobiles. Yeah. He's going to Yekaterinburg Russia. Automobiles. He's working for a car dealership. Nice. Um, re- report coming out uh, that... Uh, team captain uh, Nigel Dawes uh, has quit uh, the team um, at a shocking move, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, like, like, talk about sending a message to a guy. Hey, like, he, like he's got a fucking contract coming up, and it's like, what, what should you do? And it's like, well, you know, here's our new head coach. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go uh, play for Moscow. Yeah, I uh, I'm not gonna play for the racist. Shockingly enough, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys didn't uh, see that coming or not, but yeah, um, yeah. I... P- Peter's released a statement that was just kind of I don't know, bold, but like just as time goes on, we grow and improve and become better versions of ourselves. And like, yeah, I agree with that, but like, not a lot, not a lot of time went by. No, <laughs> like, no, that's for sure. You know, and like whether, 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 I don't want to sit here and say that maybe he hasn't been working on himself since that incident happened 10 years ago, but I am going to say that probably like, you you know, like the guy was basically not holding himself accountable when it happened. And so he's kind of not holding himself accountable right now. And I'm just going to say, I don't think he's learned a fucking thing. So, you know, I think it's ridiculous. I, I I guess I'll I'll say I hope he has I I hope sure. he's a better person. I, I um, yeah, for the sake of his players, I hope so. He's, I, I don't have a lot of faith in that sentiment, but um, yeah, uh, very very strange, especially like you know everything going on. <laughs> you know, you got a fucking yeah. quarantine, and then you want to toss yeah. on Bill Peters into the mix for some They're reason. They're talking about how like the KHL might dissolve because like half the teams are not financially stable to maybe make it out the other end of this. And meanwhile, Yekaterinburg's like, oh yeah, we got money. Uh, we're going to sign Bill Peters. Okay. Yeah. You Apparently know, coming like, off uh, the recommendation of uh, Pavel Datsuk, uh, who is close to the team, um, used to play under Peters in Detroit. Um, so kind of, kind of an interesting uh, recommendation coming from the star former NHLer. I'm I'm not here to speak specifically to or against Pavel Datsuk as a person, but you know, I, I'm I'm sure sure a lot of uh, players liked Bill Peters, but you know, doesn't make him like the fucking yeah, choice, right? You know, like he, his his ability to coach the game is not in question at this point. It's it's not whether or not he's a good coach. It's no. Yeah, he's just a shitty guy, so, you know, yeah. let's maybe not give that guy the job. Also, not sure he's a good coach, so... Well, that's, that's very... very <laughs> On that fair. note, also don't know that he is a good coach. <laughs> Never really been fucking evidence of that, has there? Yeah, is that so... really a track record to go off of? Uh, no, not, not really much to fucking go off yeah. of there, so... Yeah. 
So. Yeah, I don't. It's bizarre. I mean, the KHL, you know, is going to do what the KHL does, and you know, I don't want to group the whole league together, but they have, you know, you know, many of their teams have been known to dip into the uh, the out of work NHL coach bin, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, Mike Keenan went over there and won like a hundred of a hundred and two games <laughs> while he was there because he was, you know, he could coach hockey, but he was also kind of a dick. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, I guess at least if, if Bill Peters does run his mouth to any degree, half the guys on the team will understand him anyway. So, Yeah, that's the good news. In yeah. one ear, out the other. Uh, pretty much. Um, all right, you've got a quiz for me, I see. I do. Um, yeah, so th- this this quiz is inspired by uh, our friends at Puck Soup. Um, th- this game is called... Uh, uh, wait, what's it called? It's called... Um, where is it? What team do I play for? That's that's what it's called. And so, James, I'm going to give you a player, okay? And I'm going to give you a year. And I, I'm talking about a game between these two teams. And I want you to tell me which bench this player is on. Which team is he playing for at the time? Okay? Okay. I think uh, pretty straightforward. You, you get that one? I think so. Okay. Um, so the first player I'm going to ask you for, uh, I'm just looking for a pass here. I'm just looking for, for five answers correct, uh, out of nine. You're going to have nine options here, okay? Okay. Okay. The first player I'm looking for, the year is 2011, 2012. The player in question is Brad Richards. James, does he play for the Rangers or for the Dallas Stars? Let me go with the Dallas Stars. I can hear you typing. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, that is incorrect. We were looking for the New York Rangers. Uh, hmm. He signed there that summer to join the okay. New York Rangers. You're over for 1. The year is 2014, 2015. The player is TJ Oshie. James, does he play for the St. Louis Blues or for the Washington Capitals? 14, 15? That's the year. Oof. I'm gonna, oh, that's tough. I'm, I'm going to go Washington. You're going Washington. The answer is the St. Louis Blues. Uh, okay. He was traded that summer to the Washington Capitals and eventually would go on to win one, maybe more, Stanley Cups. <laughs> uh, you're all for two. James, the year is 2013. 2014. The Canucks are playing the Devils. What team is Corey Schneider on? 13-14. That's the year. Um, okay, so... <sighs> I love listening to you do the math on these quizzes. It's always great. I mean, I cut like 90% of it out when I edit the episode. <laughs> It's fun for me, at least. Yeah. No, I'm trying... Like, I know Bruder was still the full-timer in 2012. Okay. Sure. And I know him and Schneider split for at least two seasons before Bruder went to St. Louis. And he retired. I'm, I'm going to go Schneider was on the Devils. Uh, you are correct. Corey Schneider was a member of the New Jersey Devils. You're one for three. 
The year is 2014-2015. The Bruins are playing the Flames. What team does Dougie Hamilton play for? Um, I'm going to go Calgary Flames. That's what I would have said. But the answer is the Boston Bruins. Uh, you're one for four. It's okay, though. There's plenty of time. Um, I'd be lying if I said they get easier as we go along. But that's fine. <clears throat> the year... We're going to go back a little bit now. The year is 2001-2002. Your heyday, I would say, for, for watching the NHL. That's right in your prime, I think, right? Yeah, I was 10 years old, so sure. <laughs> well, think back to 10-year-old Jimmy. Okay? And he's watching a game in which the Buffalo Sabres are playing the Edmonton Oilers. What team is Yoke and Hecht on? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the Sabres yeah. and the Oilers? <laughs> yes, sir. You're just... You tell me Jochen Hecht was an oiler at what point? I'm not telling you that. I'm asking you what team he's playing for. I'm going to say Sabres because I don't remember him ever playing for the Oilers. Um, wow, that's actually a good option, though. I should do that next time where I like, like throw a team in that like a guy never played for. I can confirm that everyone on this list played for every team that, that I ask you if they've played for. Jochen Hecht used to play for the Oilers. And he was playing for the Oilers that season. Uh, he was an Oiler for one year. Uh, between his uh, time in St. Louis and his uh, forever home in Buffalo. Um, you're one for five. Okay, then. I will say that's probably the hardest option. But <laughs> that's the hardest one I'm going to ask you. I guess it gets easier when you compare it to Yoke and Hecht. But James, we're going to go back before you were even alive. The year is 1987-1988. The Mario Lemieux-led Pittsburgh Penguins are playing Wayne Gretzky's Edmonton Oilers. Paul Coffey's playing in the game. Which team is he playing for? What's the year again? 87-88. He was on the Penguins. He was a Pittsburgh Penguin. You're two for six. Number seven. The Wild are playing the Bruins. In the year of 2006-2007, Wilder playing the Bruins. What team does Manny Fernandez play for? <laughs> um. <laughs> Threw that one in for John, just so you know. 06-07? Is... Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to say he was in Boston. We were looking for the Minnesota Wild, my friend. Wow. Uh, you, are, you are two for seven, and therefore will not be passing uh, this week on what team do I play for. But uh, I'll, I'll maybe bring the skill level down a little bit next time. Because um, these, these, none of these were all that easy. But uh, for, for garbage time points, the year is 2007-2008. Uh, does Rob Blake play for the Kings or for the Sharks? Oh. Y'all right? That was the year the Love Guru came out. <laughs> He was on the Sharks. Uh, he was on the LA Kings. The nah. LA Kings. Uh, and the year is 1999 2000. Uh, does Canucks legend Trevor Linden year 2000. play for the Islanders or for the Canadians? 
So in other words, not for the Canucks. Sorry, Canucks fans. Yeah, I'm sorry. Canucks legend who? Trevor Linden. Trevor Linden. Is he an Islander or a Canadian? I think he was on Montreal. Uh, You are correct. Uh, Trevor Linden was a member of the Montreal Canadiens in 99-2000. He had come over from the Islanders. He would play there for two years before going to the Capitals, I think, was the order that happened in. Yeah, I think that sounds right. <clears throat> yeah. So there you go. Three for nine. Could be worse. Hmm. Um, cool. Well, that, that was different, at least. It wasn't uh, me trying to figure out goalie wins in a season and crap like that. So that was fun. That takes us to our top ten this week. Top ten. Top, top ten. ten. Yeah, we've been teasing. Uh, uh, we've been teasing this one for a while. Um, it was an option on like a poll back in, I'm going to say like October of 2018 for what you wanted us to do for a top 10. And then, uh, you, everybody voted for something else, but this was second. And then we're like, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll do that maybe next week. And then, uh, over a year and a half went by and here we are. Yeah. So this, uh, this episode's top 10 is the top 10 Denzel Washington films. Yes. Have you been watching much Denzel during your uh, quarantine? Uh, no, but there's lots of time. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I guess we'll just get right into it. No, no real reason to set this up. It's Denzel. What do you want? Yeah. Okay. Um, my number ten is uh, Remember the Titans. Oh, okay. Do you remember? Do you remember the Titans, Brutes? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Uh, always a little worn in its welcome in uh, in high school. It seemed to be that one film that your gym teacher had that he'd just toss on whenever some, something weird would happen and we couldn't use the facilities. So to that end, I've, I've probably seen it too many times, but it, it the, for that reason, holds a special place for me. The amount of sports movies that I watched in high school that weren't in gym class, like I watched in an actual class... Is, is way higher than I ever really realized. Like, I'm thinking about it now. Like, one teacher alone showed us Tin Cup, uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance, and, uh, what's that other one? Rudy. That's mm-hmm. that's just one class, one semester of high school. Three sports movies. I think it was a religion class. That's pretty wild. The Legend of Bagger Vance. Terrible movie. Remember the Titans, uh, a young Hayden Panettiere's first film. Ooh. Yeah. Child actress. Yes. As, as well as a uh, budding uh, Ryan Gosling before he was really... No way. Know, Ryan Gosling. So, wow. There you go. That's crazy. Remember the Titans. Uh, my number 10 is Malcolm X. I don't particularly love the movie, but I do like the story, and I like Denzel Washington, so... Makes sense. <laughs> It's it's a good it's a good movie. It's just not the best. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um my number 9 is uh The Great Debaters. Oh, same. Nice. Same. Nice. Uh, good movie. Really solid movie. Yeah. Crazy yeah. story, honestly. The story very, is very very scary. Nuts. Very very nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy that it actually happened. Like, that's the, it's one of those true stories where it's like, that's fucked. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. 
Uh, very underrated, I think, in the uh, in the uh, zeitgeist of cinema. Uh, oh yeah, definitely underrated. I'll, I'll I'll give you that one as as well. Um, I guess that comes back to me for number eight. Uh, I've got uh, the Equalizer at number eight. Ooh, good yeah. film. Denzel uh, just going badass in a you know hardware store. What what, what more could you ask for? Yeah, no, it's... Uh, have you seen the sequel? I have not. I'm no? worried, too. That that seems like... I'm not going to say, like, an easy movie to do a sequel from, but... It's I don't know, yeah, one. I guess it's kind of easy. <laughs> like, it's more of just like a... It's more just like an action movie, really. Like, it's, you know, like... It's kind of like John Q, in a way. It's just like, yeah, if you put a decent enough story on, like, some cool action scenes, it's, you know... It's good. Yeah. Is, uh, is, cause I, I, forgive me if I'm asking a stupid question here, cause I forget how the first one ends. Uh, is Chloe Grace Moretz in the second one? Or just I don't know first? if she's in the second one. She's in the first one. I, she's I don't, not uh... in the second one. Yeah. There you go. It's, ooh, Melissa Leo's in it, though. Yeah, I'll see it. I'll see it. Oh, you've never seen The Equalizer? No, the second one. Oh, the second I see. I've never seen the second one. I've seen the first one. The first one's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, right, that's my turn. Uh, my number eight is... Because I, I, I did, in what I think of how good of a movie they are, not necessarily my favorite. I will say that if I did my favorites, that this wouldn't be much higher, because the options are ridiculous. But I do love this movie. Uh, my number eight is John Q. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, Denzel Washington's son needs a heart transplant, and they have no money. And, uh, if you're just tuning in, um, the American healthcare system is broken and has been for a while. Not good. And so, so, uh, Denzel Washington, you know, as one does, holds up a hospital and holds a bunch of people hostage until they give his son a new fucking heart. As one does. guns are also a thing Cause, in the States. Because America. Yeah, like, yeah. like... Like if Denzel Washington, or if John Q were a Canadian movie, it's like it's like twelve minutes. Son needs a new heart. All right, we'll let you know when we find one. Okay, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Am I gonna die? Am I gonna die, Dad? No, you should be good. <laughs> Everything's pretty good here, so. I won't be around for the next few years, but you know you'll you'll be good. <laughs> well, but he wouldn't have had to hold up the hospital. He'll be around in the Canadian. One. Uh, He's good. That's true. Right? True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Mm. <laughs> I guess for the American one, if you haven't seen it. But... <laughs> so it's a movie from 19 years ago. Like, what the fuck you been doing if you haven't seen John Q? Right? Like, that's my thought. The, the Canadian equivalent, eh? Jean L. Yeah. So your 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 son's heart will be here next week. Oh, okay. That's that's great. Thank you. Oh, have a nice day. And and also you as well have one. And then that's just the end of the film. So no real action. I can see why Jean, that film did get made. Jean L and it's just a bunch of like scenes with Denzel Washington and his family like eating poutine and stuff. <laughs> We're gonna pack that artery boy. <laughs> We're gonna test it. Test that new heart. Make it strong. You do a pretty good Denzel. Thank I'd you. like to hear. I'd like to hear your Denzel with a French accent, though, if this is all <laughs> taking place in Quebec. Oh, has 
has Denzel ever done a French accent? I don't think so. Eh? Has he <laughs> ever? Has imagine. he done any accent? Like, has he? Has he played a character with like any sort of accent? Uh, like other than maybe like a southern like I guess he's got a little bit of southern accent in some of his movies but yeah, maybe some southern yeah but that, I don't I can't think of anything too Fine. unique like like it goes back to that uh, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the hunt for red October like I'm not <laughs> saying Denzel Washington should be playing like a fucking Czechoslovakian or something but it might be kind of interesting you know <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Um, all right, where are we? I'm up. Um, my number seven is Two Guns. I don't think I ever saw that. It's, no? a, it's a rare one I don't I don't think I've seen, no. Well, I'll say you're not missing a, a whole lot in the sense that it's... <laughs> okay. Oh, oh I mean, so this is more like it's on your list because it's a favorite, not because it's a good movie then? It's a, it's a guilty pleasure, for sure. I was going to yeah. say, like, if I'm not missing much... Why the fuck? How did it get into your top ten? I don't know. There's not a lot of options. You know, he doesn't have a lot of good movies. No, he's, he's only put out like twelve films. So, <laughs> um, no, I've I I really like him and and Mark Wahlberg together. Um, it's not quality, you know, acting that you're getting, but the they the chemistry's there. It's, I, it's, I knew that already. I, they bounce back and and forth off of one another. I I think it's I think it's a good it's a good plot. It's it's a, it's a good movie. Okay. That's it, eh? That's um, it. What was that? Your number seven? Yeah. Uh, my number seven is uh, a go-to for every bus ride to Sault Ste. Marie for some reason. Uh, my number seven is Safe House. I've probably seen it more than any other Denzel Washington movie. <laughs> Even though I've seen John Q like 30 times. Um, Safe House is great. It's just a fucking awesome thriller movie. It's it, it, Denzel... I, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening is aware of, you know, has made a career on, like, th- on like good thriller movies. He doesn't make too many cheap garbage ones. Um, this is, like, one of the best ones he's done, for sure. Like, uh, he plays a criminal who, um, I guess the CIA has in holding, and they're trying to bring him to a safe house to kind of uh, hand him off to the, uh, the American government. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is the guy who's... Bringing him there, and basically, uh, uh, Tobin Frost, aka Denzel, gets loose and starts creating some havoc. So, but he plays an absolute badass in the movie, so it's, uh, oh, yeah. Tobin Frost is one of his best characters for sure. So, great, I'll give you that. great, that's great for sure. movie. Yeah. I, I love yeah. the movie, I think it's awesome. Uh, my number six is John Q. Okay. Um, you talked about it. I'm just gonna say that I did not realize the depth of the cast. Um, oh, incredible oh yeah incredible. the this fact that kevin Connolly has like four lines in the movie that's just nuts like you know ray liotta robert duvall and hesh i don't particularly like him as a person but james woods is a good actor yeah yeah i gotta i gotta i, I think i've told you this like I, i've not been able to find a copy of this movie for a while i gotta I, my my sister's got a copy. I gotta get it off of her one of these days. And I haven't watched this film in, in too long, so I uh, it was on TV not too long ago. It's on my PVR. I taped it, so I might uh, I might actually toss that on one of these nights. There you go. Uh, my number six is Philadelphia. Kind of same thing as the Great Debaters. It's uh, it's it's a really good story because of its um, uh, not 
heavy subject matter, I guess is what I would say. It's not really a movie I regularly rewatch. But uh, Denzel Washington, despite, you know, kind of Tom Hanks getting more of the recognition for the movie, uh, Denzel Washington is incredible. And if you've ever said to yourself that you wanted to see Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington in a movie together, I'm here to remind you that, you know, maybe before you started watching movies, uh, these guys actually did a movie together. And it's actually really good. So. Hmm. There you go. Uh, my number five is Safe House. So. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's a great film. It's, I think, uh, I think it's become one of those, uh, it was at one point, it was, uh, a staple on the Sault Ste. Marie bus ride, uh, to, to uh, for the hockey tournaments. So. That's uh, what I said. Yeah. Big, big fan. <laughs> That's, that's what I said. It's, yeah. um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's another movie where I, I'll say Denzel does most of the heavy lifting, but it's, it's, it's good. True. Uh, my number five is American Gangster, which I have not seen in probably ten years, and I'm planning to rewatch soon, because it's a good watch. Yeah, it's, it's everything I, you want in a movie, you know, kind of like if they, uh, they... <laughs> They turned The Sopranos into a movie with a better cast. It's pretty much what it is. Like, it's just a really, really well-done mob movie. Um, of course, based on true story. It's, it's fucking nuts. Like, it's like, it's like three and a half hours long, isn't it? It's not short. Um, I don't, it's not that long. I mean, like, there's an extended version that I think is close to three hours. I think the theatrical is maybe about two and a half. Hmm. Uh, yeah, one hundred and fifty-eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is like, uh, uh, like Tarantino movies. If you want to watch a version with like deleted scenes and shit, yeah, they can make it three and a half hours. Fair. <laughs> it's 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 making it long is not the problem. You, you um, want more yeah. movie? Here we got a lot more for you. <laughs> yeah, got a lot yeah. of tape. We we shot for two and a half years. You know, it was it was tough flying everyone in and out every week, but uh, you know we we thought this was the way to do it. Why didn't you just make it a series? Yeah, well, didn't think of that. Speaking speaking of uh, epic gangster films, you see that they're making a, a movie about uh, Corleone. Corleone. Uh, not a uh, c- c- Capone, sorry, Al Capone. Ah, oh, that makes more yeah. sense. I yeah. was like, yeah, I don't know if you know, <laughs> they've made three. <laughs> Are you talking about the fifty-year-old movie, The Godfather, James? Yeah, they're yeah. finally making a movie about the Corleone family. <laughs> Who do you? <laughs> what do you think's going on in The Godfather? Who do you think the Corleones are? Uh, yeah, Al Capone. They yeah, I, to... I feel like I've, I feel like there are like. Movies that are, like, Capone-adjacent. I don't know if I've ever really seen one based solely on, you know what I mean, like, directly associated yeah. with, with them. I, I'm a I'm a sucker for mob movies, man. Like, I, I, I will admit that most of them are all the same, and one of the only, like, ones that I would say is, like, super unique from the rest is American Gangster. But, like, um... Uh, I'm a sucker, man. Like, if you tell me it's mob, it's a mob series or a mob movie, I'm I'm in. I'll see it for sure. <laughs> I watched go. Motherless Brooklyn a few weeks ago. It was pretty good. And they got uh, they got Tom Hardy playing uh, Capone. 
That's an interesting choice, but sure. Yeah, looks looks good based on the trailer. I'm excited for it. But is a trailer and everything? All right, you yeah. you talk. I'm gonna look that up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there is a trailer. Uh, my number four film is uh, Fences. Uh, Denzel Washington uh, with the uh, very talented Viola Davis uh, next to him. Um, a a a very much oh yeah, it's uh, mine too. Uh, actor uh, driven piece. You know, there's like three sets in the entire film. Uh, so it's all about the characters. you got to get invested with them. And if you can do that, uh, you're going to love it's it. It's not hard. So, fences. There you go. It's not hard. Okay. It's just like literally like maybe like one of the top ten male actors of our generation uh, against like maybe hot take here. But like the best like female actress of, you know what I mean, of this era. Uh, she's the best actress, I think. So, um, yeah, it's just them being in a relationship of... Uh, uh, basically, um, holding resentment to each other for years, and it just kind of blows up over the course of some time, and, uh, things happen, and things are said, and, uh, it's, um, if you're wondering why, if you watch it, and it's like, oh, wow, like, 90% of this takes place at the house, it's because it's actually based on a play, and it's, uh, not wise to do a play in, like, 47 different settings, so, um, it's solely based on, like, what goes on underneath the one roof pretty much and um but it's incredible like it's absolutely incredible mm-hmm. uh that, that it, it'll be your turn because i uh I oh that's your number four that, as well that I, is my I number see. four yeah i got sorry. you uh number three then for me the uh oscar-winning performance training day um, okay denzel's uh you know his his only lead actor uh award for uh, you know, uh, uh, only lead Oscar. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. He won an Oscar for being the lead actor. Um, yeah. I don't know if he. I don't know if he should have won necessarily. I, I don't know if it was necessarily an Oscar-winning performance, but it was nonetheless a very good performance. Uh, I I'm a big, big I, fan of the film. I mean, I mean, hey, we're all entitled to our opinion. Uh, I not only think it is an Oscar-winning performance, I would probably say it's one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. Um, and I, I think is kind of regarded as one as well, like, generally, just because it's such a... Like, it's a rare, it's a rare time where you see a guy win, too, for a role where he is, like, like, you sh- like, his character is fucking human garbage. Like, it's just... A fucking piece of shit, man. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, you're kind of rooting for him the whole time, and that's because it's Denzel Washington putting on an acting clinic. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's he's fucking crazy good in that movie, I think. But yeah, oh, great film. That's fair. Uh, my number three is Inside Man, hmm. uh, to which I've stated before, I, is one of my favorite movies, and uh, yeah. I think it's really fucking good and is really underrated. Um, the cast is incredibly deep. Uh, if you like Spike Lee, then this is among his finest work. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. I think has one of the coolest uh, twists in a way, just because it kind of the movie kind of hides in plain sight the whole time. So it's almost not even a twist, but it 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 kind of is. I'm noticing uh, that we, uh, in all likelihood, um, are going to share uh, top three honors here. 
as we as we sure. get down to the nitty gritty of, of it. Uh, my number two is Flight. Yeah. Uh, Whip Whip Whitaker. Um, yeah, mine mine too. Yeah, just just gets high all all film long and and flies planes upside down. Like what? Who says no? Like yeah, who, again, who this is that? this is like him at his finest as an actor. Like I don't know that I. I don't know that I actually like the directing in the movie. There are a lot of decisions with the movie that like annoy me when I watch it. Um, so it's like it's one reason why like I don't think it's like his like the best movie that he's ever been in. Um, but he makes it what it is for sure. I'm not sure that I would be as interested in the movie if it weren't for Denzel Washington. To be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. but no, he is right phenomenal in it. the The script is great. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say the script isn't good. It's just, I don't know, some of the music choices and the way some scenes are shot just kind of annoy me, but that's, I guess, getting a little nitpicky. Yeah, just what we're saying is just, just, just focus on Denzel and you'll have a good time. Yeah, I, I, it's if, if you've never seen the film, you need to keep in mind that I'm somewhat of a movie snob, so you should probably just watch the movie and I'm sure you'll really like it. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't love... Robert Zemeckis, so hmm. that's yeah. partly why. I that's don't fair. get me wrong; I do love me some Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I do like Flight, but that's uh, mostly where the list ends for me. Uh, my number one is uh, Inside Man, mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned um, earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal piece. Uh, the acting is spot on. The depth of the cast is incredible um i think the plot is really engaging i'll I'll say the the one knock against it and it's it's hard to knock a film for this when you haven't seen it before but it has very little rewatchability for me um i'm i'm very much the mind where if i know what happens and it's very much uh, a cat and mouse type of type of film once i know that the cat eats the mouse i rarely venture back to the film um i do like to go back and watch inside man just because i, I do like i like denzel I, I like everything about the film it's just you know there's just something about going into it knowing the whole time uh spoiler alert where clive owen is hiding um so yeah i mean yeah. like uh, i'll say this is that it's a movie uh I, I like again. I rank it among my my favorite movies, and I I understand why you say it has a little rewatchability. It's just not it's not something that I'll rewatch frequently, um, but I do rewatch it from time to time, and I I try to have enough of a break that I, I like. If you were to if if I were to like if you gave me ten minutes to try to tell you everything that happens in the movie, I couldn't come close. Like I actually genuinely forget a lot of the details about the movie and that's like if i take a break in between watching it for like years i i go into it with like kind of a fresh mind every time like again the clive owen thing is like the one thing that really stands out when i think about the movie is like where he's hiding but uh, i i think that plot point is is genius it's Mm. the first time i watched a movie it is it is one of the few thrillers that i think genuinely like shocked me and i like i literally like stood up cheering when he fucking walks out of the bank man like i i think that's one of the the coolest fucking twists ever in a movie Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. The fact the fact that he well, it's spoiler alert at this point, but like it's already shot. It, it it's the fact that he tells Denzel Washington that he's going to walk out that front door and then he does it literally like in front of Denzel Washington. That's nuts. Like that that's just like that's so badass to me. I could rewatch it just for that moment over and over again. <laughs> like, you know, Sure, why not? When he walks out of that bank, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. I'm not cheering for him. I'm cheering Stand for Denzel clap, Washington eh? the whole time, too. Oh, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's great. That's my number one. Spike Lee, man. Fucking Spike Lee. What a beauty. Uh, my number one is Training Day. It's for sure the best movie Denzel's been in. and um, I would say it's another one. Um sort of like Inside Man that once you know where that movie's headed I don't rewatch it often because it's a movie I think if I take some time in between rewatching it it'll it hits a little bit harder like I think I think I I watched Training Day at some point last year and I don't think I had seen it since like I was in high school like I I don't rewatch it often um, but that helps it, you know, I, I think like, I'm just genuinely blown away every time I watch it and yeah, it's, it's his best acting performance. Like I said, because in a movie where you can actually sit there and put up with this character for two hours, you've got to be some kind of a special actor, I think for that, because it's just like, I have hated few movie characters as much as I hate his character in the sense that he's just human garbage, but, like, you you watch the movie because Denzel's so good at just being, like, purely hateable. It, it, it's great. Yeah. No, it's... it's nothing wrong with a, with a good training day. Uh, it's one of the greatest action films that comes to mind, in my opinion, and um, due in no small part to Denzel. Yeah. I, I will say this, too, as, while we're on the topic of Training Day. I think Ethan Hawke is one of the most underrated actors ever. I don't think he gets very much recognition for being a very good actor, and I, I think that's mostly because he's made some horrible films. But um, he is quite a good actor. So, uh, there's your, uh, your top ten Denzel films. It's your top ten. Top ten. Yeah, that's top it. Ten. Um... I, I wouldn't expect a hockey episode again for a little bit, but definitely not next week. Maybe the yeah, week short, after. Short of the like, league coming like, back out of hiatus. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be stuff like this week. Obviously, there was stuff and you give it a couple weeks. It's going to be stuff to talk about, too. And, you know, we might do some sort of like a hockey revisionist history episode uh, similar to our 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 draft our redraft one there um you know i i i've always wanted us to there's a specific year in mind i'm not going to mention it right now but there there are a couple trade deadlines i think that might be interesting to kind of go back and revisit um as well as like a, a couple july firsts that might just be you know interesting to kind of go over and review what happened and what stemmed from those decisions and um, hockey's a lot of fun because, uh, generally speaking, uh, GMs make more bad moves than good ones. Which, uh, oh, yeah. you'd think oh. things would level out over time, but they, they don't. That Every move not. is a bad move. 
more or less, yeah. In some in just some light, just uh, just do what the Sharks do, and make a trade every two years, and try not to sign many free agents, and things will work out for you. Exactly. Just, just draft Melker Melker Carlson's in like the nineteenth round of the draft, and you're fine. Yeah, every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just okay. hire scouts. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm sure like we're going to do a bracket episode in the next few days. Um, if you're wondering, we did tweet it out and, uh, no, you are not missing something. Uh, we did record a best bands, rock bands episode. Uh, unfortunately that will be lost in the, uh, in the history of time, but we are planning to redo it, uh, just down the line. It's just going to take us a little bit to, to fresh freshen it up rather than repeating ourselves again you know we can uh, can only yeah, do so much know, of that so take take a week forget what we said and come back yeah. and try again yeah but we're working on some other brackets i'm sure we'll we'll be doing that we're looking to uh get a maybe some guests on to kind of help us go through it and 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 do it that way so okay you got anything to plug oh god no <laughs> okay I haven't, I haven't, uh, there's some good walking spots in town, I'll say that. Mm. Um, um, big fan of the, uh... Oh, whoa, the, we, don't, we don't want to know where you're walking, James. I don't know oh, what kind of crazed fair. fans yeah. are, uh, yeah, listening to this, yeah, maybe have a bone to pick with you over, uh, you know... I like how you say that, yet you've publicly announced my cell phone number on multiple occasions, so that's interesting. Why? Well, uh, these people don't have GPS trackers, I don't think. You know, maybe they do. I don't know how hardcore these people hate you, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I I think you're, you can dodge a phone call, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a phone call. I, uh, you're not wrong. I got a call from uh, from Basil earlier at like 6, yeah. o- six o'clock, okay? And uh, I went to text him, like, after I was done eating dinner to just be like, hey man, I was eating dinner, uh, what did you need? Because, you know, I don't really call people unless I have to. And, uh, for some reason, it was, like, coming up on my phone that he has, like, iMessage, but he doesn't. He has, like, an Android phone. and But I couldn't figure out, like, why it was sending automatically to iMessage, and I just left it. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't even fucking it's call him, in. text him. Yeah, he's, he thinks I'm just dodging him. Oh. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, he'll be okay. Yeah, sure, he'll be fine. Uh, I don't have anything to plug. I, uh... Yeah. I guess the next laced up episode. Tune in. Yeah, stay tuned. You know where to find. Keep, us. keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. Check Twitter. Yep. Yeah. If you don't have Twitter, you might want to get it. It's a good time. You'll enjoy it for a few weeks, and then you'll hate your life forever. But uh, you're into the you're sucked in and you're screwed. So. What else are you gonna do with your quarantine, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See you on Twitter. Bye bye. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that! Leave us alone!
Put your hands up high.